Welcome to Legacy Sport Live, stories of the people who are shaping the conversation at the intersection of sport, business and purpose. I'm Neil Duffy, co-author of our new book, Legacy Sport, how to win at the business of sport in the age of social good. Today I talk to Ricardo Fort, who has the enviable job of being head of global sponsorship at the Coca-Cola company. Coca-Cola is at the forefront of the purpose movement, and Ricardo shares with us how the company's sustainability commitments play out across all facets of the business, including its sports sponsorship investments. today to be with Ricardo Fort. Ricardo is uh, with one of the biggest brands in the world, not only in its own category, but also in the world of sport with Coca-Cola. And so Ricardo, thanks, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Um, and uh, what I'd like to do with you over the next uh, half an hour, Ricardo, is really just uh, you know, draw on your immense um, experience in the world of sport. And because um, I guess in the position that you're in right now, you, get, you probably get to see about just about everything that's going on in sport, don't you? I'm sure you get a thousand proposals a day. We have a lot of people that uh, want to work with the company, so we are constantly talking to to the market in many different ways. Yeah, so you should have a, a pretty good uh, feel for what's happening out there. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about you uh, personally. So take us take us back to the beginning of um, you know how you first started working in sport and and, and what that was all about. Okay, so uh, I'm a Brazilian, so I grew up and went to school and college in, in Brazil. Uh, I'm a, a marketer. I'm a civil engineer by, by, by training, but I, I joined Unilever back in 1994 uh, uh, as a marketer. They had this internship, and it was a more of, a, more of a, a, a trainee program. I worked for Unilever for a couple of years. Um, they're a great school of marketing. Um, I moved to Kellogg. Uh, still working in Sao Paulo in Brazil for both companies. Uh, typical brand management career, general marketer. Uh, always, always dreamt of uh, working for, for Coca-Cola. Now growing up in Brazil, this is a pretty, pretty um, uh, standard behavior for all marketers. It's a great, uh, great employer, great company, great brand. And after a couple of tries, I finally uh, was hired in 1998 in Rio, in the in the Brazilian office where I worked for the first uh, four years uh, of my Coke career, uh, managing um, all sorts of brands from Sprite to Coca Cola uh, and a few others, a few other categories. Uh, in nineteen in two thousand and two, I was I was uh, invited to come to Atlanta to join the global sports and entertainment uh, team. At that time, I was managing global entertainment. Uh, partnerships with movies and, and and record labels and gaming developers and that went on for some time uh, being Brazilian uh, they they felt that I knew something about soccer and then they um, uh, less than a year after I joined the company they here in Atlanta they invited me to to move to to sports and uh, I managed the the preparation of the company for the FIFA World Cup 2006 in Germany uh, fell in love with the with the craft. Uh, really enjoyed the work, being you know passionate about soccer and and having the chance to work at this level. It was really it was really special. 
But as with most things in big companies like Coke, uh, at the end of this assignment, they want me to do something different. Uh, I went back to Brazil. I was managing um, part of their portfolio there again, about 80% of the portfolio, everything that is, has bubbles on it. And I stayed there for the following three years. Um, in 2009, my family, myself, my daughters, we all went to India uh, when I, I was assigned to manage the marketing department for uh, eight countries in Southwest Asia, based in New Delhi. Uh, I stayed there for uh, two years. At some point, I was you know, just tired of the work and I decided to, I needed a change. So I left the company and I joined uh, Danone, the French dairy company in Paris. Uh, I was managing a third of their global portfolio of, of, of brands. Um, really great company, uh, great place to live. Uh, but I was missing the work with sports after a few years away from that, uh, that type of project. Uh, Visa, Visa called me uh, in 2011, uh, soon after I arrived in Paris and made an offer that I couldn't say no to move to San Francisco and manage their portfolio of sponsorships, their advertising, um, and you know, hospitality and a few other things related to the events. Um, I went to San Francisco, worked Visa for four years, uh, great experience, great company too. Uh, and then in 2016, there was an invitation to come to, to Coca-Cola back at Coca-Cola, which I gladly accepted. And I've been, I've been managing the Coke sponsorship in sports and entertainment work since 2016. Uh -huh. So you, you've got, <clears throat> had great experience in different brands, different markets, um, different sports. And uh, I mean, what, what a great place to land up doing what you're doing now. I think you've probably got the, one of the jobs that many people in working in sport wish they had. So congratulations. I agree with you. That. No, thank you. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about, about Coke the Coke, the company, Coca-Cola company. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's a brand that's always struck me as being um, very purposeful about what it goes about doing. Um, and mm -hmm. particularly of late, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think if you, if, you know, if you go on the website right now, you'll see, um, you know, this idea of making, making the world a better place kind of comes through the messaging and the positioning of all of that. What, what is Coke as a brand's uh, kind of organizational position right now around purpose and making the world a better place? Well, so the, the way we express our purpose, the purpose statement of the company uh, is ref refresh the world and, and make a difference. So this is um, the, the headline of a very detailed work that we have done recently to, to rethink our purpose. And, and rethinking our purpose is, is basically going back to the beginning of the company and looking back to what the company has always um, stood for. Um, regardless of how we express uh, the purpose of the company, uh, the, the Coca-Cola company first in North America and the United States and then uh, around the world has always been a company that has been um, deeply connected with the communities where we work. Uh, we have the benefit of having you know, hundreds of thousands of people that are every day stopping in you know, dozens of, of, of shops selling and delivering and, and working and, and we employ a lot of people. So unlike most global companies and, uh, or more than most of the global companies, we have a footprint that is, is very broad and very deep in every country you go. 
so it's uh, it's 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 normal is expected is allowed for us to have deep connections in in other countries so this idea of making a difference uh, is not something new for us if you look at the history of the company um, every time that the world needed something from a message of hope to uh, funding for rebuilding or whatever else you need we the company played a role in that so it's i think it's part of everybody that works works for the company and is is also expressed through the investments that we make including in the sponsorships right and so i and i guess there are two key strands to that the one is you know from a sustainability perspective in terms of how you operate the business and the other is in terms of how you you talk about creating a better shared future just just talk a little bit about those two different strands if you wouldn't mind. Okay. Well, so from, from a sustainability standpoint, there are a lot of things which are unrelated to, to our marketing efforts. So uh, we have, we have uh, a lot of projects and a lot of investments for, you know, for many years uh, on a couple of different areas. The first one is water, which is you know, critical not only to, you know, it's critical to the world, but it's also uh, the core product, core ingredient for all of our beverages. So um, years ago, Back in 2009 or 10, we came up with the idea, which at the time it was uh, unheard of, of returning to the environment every drop of water that we take from it. And that was a goal for 2020. And a few years before that, I think in 2017, we reached that goal. So today Coca-Cola is um, uh, not only water neutral as we proposed to be years ago but we are water positive so through a lot of different initiatives that we have we are able to return to the environment more water than what we use in our products so that's uh, one big area of work um, another area of work that has become very important in recent years is uh, uh, recycling so all you know, what we do with plastic, with aluminum and, and glass, primarily plastic these days because it's such a such an important and, and a, a topical thing. Uh, so, same story. Several projects uh, to to redesign, think differently how we use plastic and reuse plastic. Um, that ranges from investing in facilities to recycle bottles, to um, clean up projects that we have around the world, from beaches to river banks to, um, you know, you, you name it, uh, all the way to investing science to make sure that we are using plastic uh, that is fully recyclable. Uh, a few years ago, we developed and we ended up licensing to other, other industries. Uh, something called the uh, uh, oh, the name I forgot oh. the name right now uh, plant bottle yeah. yes so plant bottle is is a, a bottle that part of its ingredient comes from from the nature so there are there are countries today like Sweden where one hundred percent of our plastic is plant bottle based and a part of our role is to push the industry to develop to develop more uh, uh, raw material to allow us to do bottle to bottle. So this whole idea of the circular economy in plastic is very, very uh, real to us. Uh, we've been pushing the industry to do this. Um, recently, we brought uh, the IOC to visit one of the facilities that we have in the south of France. 
where you take you know, basically bottles from everywhere and you recycle it and you turn it into raw material that can help you that, uh, to do new bottles. Um, uh, last year, we developed technology that allows us to get bottles from the ocean, which are, you know, can be very dirty and clean it and turn it into new bottles. So all of, all of these uh, initiatives are meant to address the recycling uh, challenge that we have. And then there are other things like women's empowerment. Uh, we have done work on, on uh, empowering. We committed to empower 5 million women in 2010, and we are reaching the goal now, like the project called 5 by 20. It's, uh, you know, it's very comprehensive where you train women and you prepare them to uh, join the, the workforce. Um, we invested in infrastructure, we invested in training, and this is a, a beautiful project that is going on in many countries. So, you know, there are other initiatives. I can, I can speak longer about you know, carbon footprint and science-based yeah. targets for carbon footprint. But I think that if you just look at these three uh, buckets that I mentioned, um, water, recycling, and women's empowerment, this uh, shows a little bit about the, uh, the work that we, uh, that we do. It's a good yeah. sample of the work that we do. And, and, and I guess the question is, well, why, you know, you're a, you're a product that's <laughs> focused on making beverages. Mm -hmm. Why worry about all of this stuff? Well, I mean, some of them are, are I mean, all of them are related to our business. Uh, these, are not, these are not charity work that we do. So, I mean, it's, our, it's important for the company that water supply is available and it, there's plenty for everyone, for other communities and for our factories as well. Um, on, on recycling, it, I mean, it is a, it's a key package for our, our product. So it's important for us that there is a circular economy in, in plastic and in, in packaging in general, so that our business is sustainable. And uh, women is such a, you know, it's, a, it's the vast majority of, of, of consumers making choices of, of what goes into every, every house. So that's also important for us that they are part of, of, the, uh, of the economy. Um, so, you know, all the things that are, it's the intersection of what's important for, uh, for the world, but also important for our business. And this is uh, just reinforces the importance of investing in each of them. Right. Okay. So that, that's really interesting. So now if we, if we shift gears a little bit and start talking about uh, the role of sports, the Coca-Cola company and entertainment for that matter, mm -hmm. I mean, you've got a pretty deep uh, portfolio with the biggest properties in the world. Um, to, I'm interested to understand, Ricardo, how, how does the company's commitment to all of those things you've just spoken about, how does that play out in your, the way that you activate um, you, you know, those, those investments that you have in sport? So it, it, depends on, it depends on what exactly the profile of the sponsorship is. So uh, let me talk one by one. So we use the sponsorships to, um, to, to tell stories about what's important for the company and sustainability is one of them. Sometimes, of course, our, our messages just brand messages. Sometimes our corporate messages. So uh, when, you, when you think about recycling, uh, we've, we've been managing waste in, in global events for, for a long time. Now, every FIFA World Cup, every Olympic Games that you go, every single piece of you know, bottle and plastic that is used, uh, uh, it's recycled by us. We take care of all of that. So the idea of creating a world without waste, which is the, the name of a project that we launched last year to address the plastic issue, 
uh, we've been doing events without waste for, for a long time. Uh, sometimes we just manage the waste. Sometimes we go beyond that. So in the FIFA World Cup in Brazil in 2014, one of the things that the Coca-Cola Brazil did was um, all the new seats for the Maracanã Stadium were done uh, with used uh, recycled plastic from our products. So that was a, a, a tangible application of recycling to, to the event. Uh, in Pyeongchang, the Winter Olympic Games in 2018, um, we, we worked with the organizers and with the government to, uh, to treat water supplies near the Pyeongchang area. In Japan, for the Tokyo Olympics, uh, we have worked with the organizers, with TOKOG, to, uh, to design and to manufacture the uniforms of all the torch bearers that are running, started to run today. Uh, and everything is used, uh, uh, the, the raw material is uh, fabric done from uh, PET bottles. So sometimes the events, they help us to, um, to showcase what we do, to tell better stories about what the company is doing in areas that are important for our business. Uh, and all of them, they are always, they always help the organizers to deliver a better, a better event. Right. So that's on the, on the recycling and water side. So before you, uh, on, before you go into the next example, Ricardo, I'm interested, how, how do the fans react to that, to that engagement that you have around reducing plastic? Is uh, it is, it is, uh, it is, a uh, every time that they are made aware of what we do, the reaction is always very positive. Uh, there is there is limited awareness because for years we have done this without talking about it. Right. We just did it because we thought it was right. Uh, and I'll give a, you know just an uh, anecdotal example. Um, a month ago or a month or so ago, we went to Lausanne and we we presented a little bit of what we're discussing here to several international federations and athletes, and we've been engaging with them uh, with more frequency. For during this since the beginning of the year because we realized that a lot of the people that are involved with the Olympic movement they have no idea what to do and 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 their reactions were absolutely you know positive and we we managed to turn a lot of people that were you no know, detractors to supporters just because they now know what we do um, so it's a, it, there's a, it's a, it's an engagement uh, process that it's not easy because the Olympic uh, family is very broad and very deep. So we have to talk to IFs, uh, the Olympic uh, uh, committee and employees, the national Olympic committees, the athletes, all of that. So we are, we are doing this right now. And um, we know, we know that the, uh, the perception that they have about the company is going to improve a lot once they know this. Right. Okay, so so one of the key takeaways take from that would be that there is an opportunity for brands that are doing good through their sponsorships to talk more about it because it's going to be well received by the fans and by other stakeholders. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so you were about to start talking about another example. Yeah, the other thing I was going to uh, to to mention is just on on women's empowerment. I mean. It, it's very popular today for all the companies saying that they're sponsoring and supporting women, but the reality is, you know, they do it when the events are happening. And, and that's uh, just, just uh, something that they, they use 
on communication. And there are very few companies that are indeed investing in women. And Coke has been doing this for uh, forever. So we have, we have a team of uh, 30 global athletes that we sponsor. Uh, two thirds of them are women. Um, as part of this team, you have uh, uh, Olympians, Paralympians, Special Olympians. We pay all of them exactly the same. The rights are exactly the same. Um, so it is, it is very different from the approach that other companies have where, you know, they, they give a lot of money to a superstar and not so much to the other up-and-coming athletes. They have the athletes that are more convenient and not uh, a, a purposeful selected group of athletes. And, and you know, we, we do this every, every event that we sponsor. We, uh, every organization that we sponsor, we make sure that uh, what women get paid and what men get paid is, is equivalent. Um, just, you know, very, a very recent example. A week ago, there, were, there, were, uh, there, there was a lot of coverage in the press uh, from some of the documents from the U.S. soccer. I don't know if you, if you saw that. Um, U.S. soccer, uh, one of their documents saying that yep. um, uh, women didn't have the same ability or the same effort. Or, and, and Coca-Cola was the only sponsor that came up and say, hey, this is not right. We need to talk. That was really and, and, yeah. and because of, I mean, I'm not saying that it is because of that, but you know, things like that, they happen naturally here. I, I, I found out about this after the fact because Coke North America is the one that leads this, this relationship. And I mean, absolutely right thing to do. I didn't have to tell them what to do. I mean, they right. just knew what's right. So I guess when you look at you know, uh, water packaging and uh, women's empowerment, the sponsorships helps to magnify our work in, in, in every single piece of it. Right. And so, so just to build on that, to come back to that, that um, ex recent example from US, uh, US soccer mm -hmm. and, and the way that all the, all the noise around that, the way that they were handling the women's uh, pay issue. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you find yourself in a, um, I guess, in a, uh, a challenging position sometimes because of your dominance and your presence over many, many years in the sporting industry. I think many look up to you for leadership and guidance in terms of how to do things the right way. Mm -hmm. um, do you think, I mean, I'm, I, it's no secret. I'm pretty critical of the, of the extent to which um, sport ha as a business has embraced purpose um, across the board. I mean, there, there are obviously examples or exceptions where, um, you know, purpose has, has been used, has been supported really well. But, um, you know, I, I think that sport is maybe, maybe five to 10 years behind uh, sort of the rest of business in this adoption of purpose. How, how mm -hmm. do you find, how do, do you find the sporting community are, um, make it easy for you to tell your story around this purpose lens, or is it is it difficult sometimes for them to understand? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's difficult. It's just I think it's more of a uh, uh, a choice of the sponsor because it's tempting to tell other stories, uh, but you know all the research that we have shows that sustainability is one of the areas that consumers and young consumers, which are very important for, for, for our products, are uh, most interested in. So it's not, you know, when we talk about sustainability, 
it, people start to pay attention. And if you merge that with sports, uh, you have twice the, the, the chances of, uh, to succeed. Uh, and and we, I, I, we do it a lot, as I'm telling you, uh, but we still don't, don't do this to, to the extent that is possible because that's a, I think that's a development process that we are going through and different countries are in different moments. In some countries, that's an absolutely must. In others, it's still a nice thing to do. Um, so we, we, are, uh, we are in a very good position because we have relationships which are global. And through these global relationships, we can tell global stories that are, are, we believe are meaningful everywhere. Uh, but other sponsors, that's not the case. If you are a sponsor of you know, one the, uh, football team or, or a couple of athletes or a league, you are limited to that, to that geography. And then purpose may or may not be your priority. Right, right. So, so but do you think, uh, is it, I mean, do you think that sport as a category is doing enough to contribute towards building a sustainable future? Do you think, do you think they, they, they are harnessing this opportunity as effectively as they could? Uh, I, it, it's hard to say if we're doing enough. I mean, we, you can always do more. Uh, and different companies, different segments are doing things better than others. So I would say in, in, I see it happen now more often than not that companies are using sports to tell stories about purpose and stories about their commitment with, you know, with communities and, and sustainability. Uh, but it's hard to say if there is you know, where, where we are on this scale from not enough to, to more than enough. Uh, yeah. I, I well, it's pretty subjective. To, to say this. It's yeah, a subjective. It's a subjective. Yeah. But, yeah. but if you look, I mean, if you look at, at global events, uh, a lot of the development that happens in communities in host countries, they happen driven by the global events. So, uh, and people more often than not, they, they don't see that because it's more, it sells more you know, papers and, and, and drives more clicks if you criticize. But, you know, the, the, the benefits of the Olympics in London for, uh, you know, for some neighborhoods was really, you know, really impressive. Uh, the impact of the Olympic Games in Brazil, uh, in Rio, uh, for uh, urban mobility was really impressive. And if you go event by event, you can pinpoint say this would have never happened without sports, because there is a lot of pressure. There's pressure from sponsors, pressure from the media. So countries move forward faster because of sports. And I think that's a really important legacy that all these host countries are, 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 have after the events that very few people talk about. Well, that's a great place to end, Ricardo. Thank you so much for your time and thanks for everything that you and your team at, uh, at Coca-Cola Company do for sport. Um, sure. I mean, sport Pleasure. would be the same without you guys around. So thank you. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for the interest to talk to us. Yeah, pretty appreciate that. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to this edition of Legacy Sport Live, the companion podcast series to our new book, Legacy Sport, how to win at the business of sport in the age of social good. Please visit our website at www.legacysport.org to order your copy of the book and join our growing community of sports business professionals committed to doing good while doing well through sport.